listening to Astro Detectives, where longtime friends Scott and Sarah try to debunk or prove the ancient phenomenon of astrology. I'm Sarah Hartshorn, the astrologer. And I'm Scott Randall, the skeptic. Each episode, I'll give Sarah two birth charts, one belonging to our guest and one that I made up. She'll use astrology to try to match the right chart to our guest. A birth chart is a snapshot of the sky when a person is born. It reveals an incredible amount of information about a person. Enough to match a person to the right chart? We'll see. Hello, everybody out in podcast land. We're back once again with another caper to solve. Our detectives are here. Another caper, right? We're detectives. I was like, did he say caper? Like a caper. little, isn't that like a little olive thing? What a, is, oh, well, a caper can be uh, a little olive. Well, a caper is a caper, but yeah, it's in brine like an olive would be. And you can put it on your um, bagels and locks. But a caper would also be like a mystery or a case to be solved. I've um, never both heard of them, that. Both of them are nouns. Okay. Fascinating. Oh, and, <laughs> and also I'm learning from Google that it's a verb to skip or dance about in a lively or playful way. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to caper after um, we solve this case, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, typically, so it's an activity, typically one that is illicit or ridiculous. So a caper is actually something you're trying to solve, like like a criminal would do a caper. You never heard this guest astrologer who we haven't introduced yet, Lauren? Have you heard of cap capers? <laughs> you know, it sounds slightly familiar, but not entirely. <laughs> this is my problem with having younger generations on the show. <laughs> when we grew up, there were capers. I, I don't know. I mean, I only know the food. I don't. I don't know all these other definitions. But that's not as important no, as let's the get matter to the of ham. Let's get to the bottom of this, Sarah. She's I, a Gen Xer. She doesn't understand us millennials and our capers. And then we got a Gen Z. Lauren, are you a Gen Z? I'm actually a millennial. Whoa. Okay. I know. I know. All right. Capers like are probably from baby boomer times. All right. <laughs> anyway, so Sarah, we've had a couple of charts, birth charts. We've been yeah. pouring over for this week. We do have a couple of birth charts, as always, that do we've they, been pouring over. <laughs> do you ever look at them and you and one of them is just like, whoa, this person's going to be crazy. I hope this is the guest. Um, I never think that they're going to be crazy. I'm more like think oh that looks like a hard aspect but uh you know and then i'm fascinated to see how it turns out but uh other people other astrologers have mentioned and i agree that sometimes it's a little disappointing that you don't get to meet two both people like that might be fun one time to have two people on in both their charts and trying to figure it out um you That's know a cool idea mm -hmm. yeah we could have some bonus episodes as the skeptic that to me blows science out of the water because you could pretty easily tell where somebody's from, if you could, if you're looking at two different birth charts, there's a whole lot of other factors at play. Like even their just dialect can tell you which birth chart is their birth chart. If you have two people and you know that they each have a birth chart you're looking at. Hmm. So, but it would be fun to do. And I think, I think we, we could totally do that, but yeah. um, science will take a pause for that week. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so on this survey, we have somebody who has their own unique brand of clothing. 
Um, what types of gifts do you like to give acts of service and handmade gifts? I like it when they, they don't say, you know, one of the five options that they're given, they don't take the multiple choice. They say other, I'm, I'm going to choose yeah. both. And that kind of goes hand in hand with them having their own unique brand of, of clothing. You know, mm -hmm. this, this is already starting to sound like someone who uh, they're setting themselves apart from the crowd is important to them. Yes. And uh, did we, we didn't introduce our guest astrologer formally. Lauren, you will remember she's been a guest astrologer once before, and she was a guest on her first appearance. Um, Lauren, you're back and you're, you're putting your hundred percent record on the line this week. How do you feel? Oh about my that? gosh, no pressure. No, I'm honestly, I'm excited to be back. So thank you guys for having me. I do feel a little bit of the pressure, but I'm going to take the pressure off of myself. Well, well, you're here okay. to take a little bit of the weight off of Sarah's shoulders. Yeah. Yes. And I and I love working with you, Lauren. And I, I think Ooh. that you um, are always insightful and always um, I learn from you as oh, well. Thank you. And likewise. <laughs> Back to the survey at hand. Um, mm -hmm. Strong desire to travel. Seven. You know, nothing too crazy. A five right down the middle on how comfortable you are in social situations. I don't know if we... We rarely see somebody that's just like right down the middle, five. Mm -hmm. Comfortable, yeah. but also not that comfortable. Yeah. Uh, stamina, we got a five, two. And uh, making decisions, we got a three. They need a little bit more time to deliberate. And childhood experience, six on the happiness scale. So mm -hmm. not too bad, not too good. Not a lot a of these answers, <laughs> yeah. A lot of these are not too bad, not too good, just right down the middle. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, and then they did say that the thing that they struggle with the most was romantic relationships. And I was not surprised to see that um, given the two charts and what they have in common. All right. Well, let's get to that. What do the two charts have in common? <laughs> well, and by the way, if anyone wants to see these charts, you can go to astrodetectivespod.com and download the case files and get uh, both the charts, our keywords and the guest survey. And um, yeah, so go check that out. But um, <clears throat> what's interesting about both of these charts is um, so I I've talked before about um, chart chart rulers and your chart ruler it's kind of like you've got your big three and then you've also got your chart ruler which is almost just as important and the chart ruler is the planet that is associated with the sign of your rising sign and so wherever it's placed in the chart um that the the topics associated with that house and that sign and all of that become part of that person's uh, life theme, life direction. It forms a lot about that person. And so both of these people have their chart ruler in the seventh house of relationships. And so um, when you have your chart ruler in the seventh house, it, it means that there's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, maybe ups and downs or just a lot of lessons that just there's so much emphasis on relationships it um you know your identity can be really tied up in relationships you can find yourself or lose yourself in these relationships you often take on the qualities of the people that you're around you can pick up their interests and almost like even change your life direction sometimes depending on who you're with and who you're influenced by um so just a lot of who you are and um what drives you and everything is can change depending on who you're with and so um 
yeah, so both of these, both of these charts have um, that in common. So and, she will be very influenceable. And today our guest is hanging out with us. So hopefully we're a good influence on her. Yeah. And I would say this is more, I would say in one-on-one partnerships, this is more so in marriages or business partnerships or close one-on-one things. So um, especially like long-term relationships, they might date someone and then pick up the same hobbies. And then when maybe they break up, they'll abandon those hobbies or something like that. Totally change um, their directions. So we've all done that a little bit, right? We take on some hobbies and interests with a partner. I mean, we were just talking before we started recording. My girlfriend is super into the environment and eliminating plastic waste. And now, surprisingly, it's very important to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully that would, you know, and yeah, that is true. Like we, you get in relationship with someone and hopefully, you know, if you really care about the person, you start caring about what they care about. Um, but does it change your life direction? Does it, um, totally change your personality or does it really affect your life direction? I mean, you know, so for some people, it may be a little, you know, their identity is really tied up in the, in, in the relationship. And so, and and I think when, when you get out, when you lose a relationship, that can be really hard. It feels like you're, you're, um, maybe confused, some confusion around who you are and, uh, what your purpose is. So anyway, so these two charts, we've, um, I've nicknamed them the social worker and the photographer. That's who we have today. I don't know if we've ever used those. I'm, I'm trying not to repeat um, <laughs> names if I can, but uh, I may have used those before. But it's when we do our big um, retraced episode after our, our episode 30, before we go on a little break, it would be fun to rehash all of the different names and see if there have been any duplicates. Yeah, I'm sure that there have. Oh, um, yeah. But uh, so the social worker. Um, I think we've had a social worker, actually. Yeah, probably. Um, that was just coming across to me because this person, um, you know, due to the placement of their son and their sign, they just seem like they're going to be in a more supportive role, maybe working behind the scenes. And also someone who's very compassionate and wanting to dedicate themselves to a higher cause. Um, And I don't think that this person would love being in the limelight or need to be in the limelight. I think they'd be more happy working, uh, you know, behind the scenes. And I think the social worker is someone who could be better with money. Um, I think that they could have some wounds around money, but I think ultimately they're going to be a little bit better at handling income and money and saving and everything. I think that they maybe had to grow up fast and got a lot of responsibility pretty early. Didn't get to have as much fun as, um, you know, a typical childhood. Um, And yeah. And so with the photographer, I feel like they're going to be actually more authoritative and maybe in a leadership role. Um, They're going to be someone who really needs to um, embrace their uniqueness and stand out. They're not going to want to um, look like anybody else or act like they're going to be a little bit rebellious in that way. Um, Just, yeah, counterculture, not wanting to go with the go against the grain probably and and not go with the crowd. Um, They might lack a little bit more discipline around their money. um, And I feel like they may suffer from a lot of mental anxiety and confusion. Um, 
As far as like the whole partnership and marriage stuff, I feel like the social worker could be someone who marries, but, um, you know, like easily or early, but they may argue a lot or it may be very passionate. Um, and the photographer, I feel like more is it, there's going to be maybe more of a delay in finding the person. They may be like searching for someone and just haven't had a lot of um, serious partnerships. And it may be a, you know, into their forties uh, or fifties, you know, when they really find the right person, those are just guesses. Um, anyway, they're and not it, guesses. They're deduced from what the charts say, right? Yeah. I, Scott, but like you have to be kind of a philosopher. There's so many potential ways that these energies can go. So I'm taking a guess at, you know, how, Mm -hmm. I, I can see the energy, but like actually pinpointing the exact scenario. I don't know, you know, but I, I can see where there's challenges. You can know, you we, can, can we take a step back and say that there are so many different ways that these energies can go? And then therefore, how much information are we really garnering from the birth chart itself? I mean, you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to get me to say I'm a skeptic of astrology. <laughs> That's where you're I, thought, to... <laughs> I, I thought this was the episode where you slip up and I get you. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's much easier to hear someone's story and say, oh, that is like that is matching with those placements and those signs and all of that then to you know i think i've used this example before you see someone who's got mars in aries in the 10th house and that person could be an athlete they could be in the military you know but there there's there's like a whole variety of ways that they could use that energy you know and you could you'd know it when you hear it but like predicting which one which way it goes is hard well, if it's easier to hear someone's story and match them to a chart, that's what we're here for, everybody. We hope you're playing along at home because we're going to have either the photographer or the social worker joining us in a bit. And we're going to match them to the right chart, aren't we? Aren't we, astrologers? That's that's oh, what yeah. we're that's what we're going to do, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any last words before we get our uh, guest in here? Only if Lauren wanted to add anything to that um, synopsis. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think you did a wonderful job. That was great. Well, great. Yeah. And you, you, we, Lauren and I met yesterday and, and she, you know, definitely influenced some of that. So I appreciate that. That's great. It's not like you wrote up these descriptions and then the other astrologer looks at it and says, um, that's <laughs> nothing like the way I saw it. Chart well, chart listen, B. I always have anxiety about that for sure. And I, I feel like I always need to tell the other astrologer, like, listen, you know, uh, if you feel free to disagree with this. You don't have to sign off on this. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to use these descriptors. This is for the layperson, for the, for those of us that don't know uh, what these planets mean. Right. And we are all very appreciative that we have some descriptions to look at. And it's fun now because now we show it to the guest at the end and they see if they feel like they're drawn to one or the other, too. You know, yeah. we're just adding layer upon layer on this show. And we hope that everybody can uh, sit through this commercial break and uh, see us on the other side. We'll have a guest with us. Welcome back, everybody. We are now joined with our guest Susan, welcome to Astro Detectives. Thank you. 
<laughs> we uh, we've had your survey out, which you were nice enough to fill out, and we have two birth charts that Sarah and Lauren have been studying. One of them matches you. One of them is completely random, and we're going to get to the bottom of it with some detective work. That detective work starts with a grueling interview, and as you've been told, you don't have to answer everything, so it can't be that grueling. But um, there are several categories that these two charts differ in and will help steer our detectives in the right direction. Um, first one is work. What can you say about your line of work, um, what you feel like you're drawn to career-wise? Keywords for the photographer's work. Tech, psychology, teaching, photography, creativity, many career changes, unconventional. Keywords for the social worker's work. Health and human services, nursing, administrative, supportive roles, animals, confusion around purpose. So my work life has shifted, I guess, in the past seven years, but it's not a thread, a new thread entirely. Um, I am in the healing arts. I'm a yoga therapist and a Reiki master practitioner and teacher. And I also do something called Psych K, which is working with the subconscious mind. And I facilitate women's circles and teach yoga classes as well. Wow. That's, we've had one other Reiki pract practitioner um, on the show. Dealing with the subconscious mind sounds interesting. That's new to me. What was that again? What's the name for that? Called Psych K. How does that work? Well, the K stands for kinesiology, at least originally it did. And um, it's come to mean the key for unlocking the mind. But we we can kind of neutralize past traumas and phobias, but also rewrite subconscious beliefs by essentially like updating our operating system and installing those new beliefs via um, goal statements. And um, we use muscle testing, which is where the kinesiology comes in to connect with the subconscious mind to find out what needs to happen. Interesting. That's, so you can actually test somebody's physical resistance of certain muscles, and that's going to direct you towards an area of their life that they needs to be addressed? Yes. Usually the area comes from them because when things are going well, you probably don't need to address that. But when things aren't going well, that's where you might have some limiting beliefs that are keeping you from kind of making what you want to happen in your life happen. And your muscles won't be strong enough to you'll be able to tell that there's a weakness there? Well, sometimes I do it virtually. So sometimes I'm the surrogate and, and I'm the one muscle testing myself. And yes, there's a strong or a weak response. And we look at it as either the neurons fire or they don't. Okay. So yeah, either it's a stronghold or there's some letting go that happens. I asked this because my girlfriend has done an NAET treatment for allergies where they do a muscle response based on what are you allergic to food allergies right. and it blew my mind because i'm thinking they're what how does that make any sense that because you can't break my fingers apart it means you're allergic to eggs right I don't and know. In, in this context the the muscle testing is a little different there's a particular eye gaze that connects with the subconscious mind and so um 
kind of the guidance when you go into this is forget about muscle testing that you've learned if you've learned anything about it. Okay. But um, yes, I, I'm familiar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and you believe in the NAET treatments as well? Or that's um, a... I guess I was diagnosed by a, a naturopath many, many years ago that I was allergic to corn. And when I stopped eating corn, I stopped having a lot of the problems I was having. There you go. Um, any other work that you did before you got into this? You said you had a big shift over the last seven years. I was a professional belly dancer and I toured the world for many years and um, I had a dance school in Croatia for a period of time and um, yeah, so the arts and dance movement in general. I also studied Chinese medicine 20 years ago and the Reiki came in 20 years ago, but that wasn't a part of my career per se. Wow. That's so cool. What is the what is the life of like a world traveling belly dancer like? Well, it takes a lot of energy. Um, it was amazing to get to meet people all over the world and to get to see places that I might not have seen otherwise. Um, but you don't necessarily always get to see those places because you see your hotel or the place where you're staying and the, the dance studio and then the theater or whatever other venue you're performing in. So sometimes it's limited in that sense. Um, I loved it and it also kind of extracted a lot of energy from me. So it would take time to recover every time I came back home and, um, and Eventually, I got to a place where it just wasn't sustainable anymore. Mm -hmm. Astrologers, any work questions? No. Not yet. No, yeah, I think pretty much covers a lot of what I was wondering. So, All right. I have one more thing to add was I, I also did a lot of work in the restaurant industry for a long time. Ooh. So, What, was, what specifically? <laughs> you name it. <laughs> um, I started as a, a busser and a food runner and I ended up, you know, I, I went into serving and bartending and then management. And through that, I also learned the kitchen skills. So I did everything. I was trained in every aspect and, and I was, um, often a trainer. So I'd often train new employees what um, made you want to get into that industry and then stay with it, especially noting that you said you, um, you know, the stamina issue that you had had? You can make money pretty easily and there was a lot of freedom. And since I, I did kind of want to be able to do whatever I wanted to be able to, what I wanted to do, um, it allowed for freedom. In, in a sense, as long as I had, I stopped management because I didn't have as much freedom there, but I liked that I could come and go. And I tended to work in places for a long time. So they liked me and they'd let me come and go. Okay. I was going to actually ask if you, how important like freedom was in your career. So yeah, I'd say it was important in, in multiple aspects of my life. Love that. Right. 
Um, moving on to character. Um, how would you describe yourself to the world? Keywords for the photographer's character. Unique and eccentric appearance. Cool demeanor. Independent. Talkative. Authority figure. Humanitarian. Craves emotional connection. Mental anxiety. Challenges with memory. May be prone to darker thoughts. Keywords for the social worker's character. May appear athletic. Accident prone. Enthusiastic. Impulsive. Drawn to crisis. Tendencies toward fantasy, escapism, shyness, sensitivity, and martyrdom. Unyielding anger towards injustice. Hmm. <laughs> I would say I am a kind and compassionate person and um, I'm opened, yet I've really learned how to have boundaries. Um, and that was definitely a learning process. Um I'm very honest, which some people love and some people don't. And so I've lost friends because of my honesty. And and I've learned through the years how to um, kind of, I don't know if I want to say temper that, but um, to kind of feel into whether people are ready for that or not and to maybe uh, be discerning. Um, yeah, I, I definitely value my quiet time, which is different from how I was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. That is a balance of, uh, I'm going to say brutal honesty. You said honesty, but, you know, to the point where sometimes it causes problems. And yeah. then also that compassion that you talked to, that kindness and compassion. And those sometimes can be at odds when you're right. dealing with another person. right. That's definitely been a, a, a learning of mine, like one of my lessons, perhaps. Yeah, yeah I, I actually don't... ask a question. Um, you had mentioned about being like brutally honest, and sometimes that was like hard for people to hear. Friends, what has friendship been like for you? Like, what kind of friends did you attract, and how are you in group settings? I like being in group settings when I'm the facilitator. <laughs> I'm a little less comfortable when I'm not the one in charge. Um, but I, I think I did better in group settings when I was younger because I, I tended to drink more alcohol and maybe that was like the thing that helped me be a bit more wild, um, which I was when I was younger. And um, I do well with people and I don't like really busy environments anymore. Um, I like friendships that are also really honest and kind of close and intimate. Um, I don't like talking about the weather. <laughs> I like talking about deep stuff. And usually that's deep personal stuff. Well, you came to the right podcast. <laughs> We debated starting a podcast about the weather, but you know, you have to, you have to like upload it immediately. Otherwise it's out of date. Or you could just have some episodes that are for sunny days and release those on sunny days. Just have those all stocked up. Um, yeah, I can relate. We don't, I, topical conversations are uncomfortable because it seems like you both are just finding something to talk about just yeah. for the sake of let's not be standing here in silence, please. Right. And I'm comfortable in silence. It's hard for me sometimes. 
Luckily on a podcast, you're not supposed to sit in silence because then apparently the audience leaves. This is true. Everybody, let's sit here for one more minute. No. (laughs) We don't want to put people to sleep. (laughs) Um, Any other character questions, you guys? Um, Can you, um, maybe you could talk about, uh, you you said on your intake form that um, you have like kind of your own unique style or you know, when it comes to clothing, can you talk about um, your clothing style and how you like to dress? So I like, I like um, big jewelry. However, um, I guess since in these last few years, three years, four years, however long, you know, since the world changed, I've become um, more of someone who likes comfort. Um, so I like to find this kind of blend of comfort and maybe edginess. Uh, I have very large feet and so it's hard for me to find shoes. So right now I'm wearing police boots um, and I've always kind of been a um, uh, I wore Doc, Doc Martens in the early a- days, but um, I've always liked the combat boot look. Um, I like um, asymmetry, but I also like symmetry. Um, I like textures. I like things that feel good. Um, I guess I tend to these days, I tend to wear a lot of black. However, I like pops of color. Um, I like really fun leggings and to layer them like either casually for a class or to be able to throw a dress on afterwards and and dress it up. Um, I like layers, scarves. You will find me with a scarf of some sort Mm -hmm. almost at any moment. Okay, great. Thank you. One more question now. This doesn't have to do with the style, but I'm curious when it comes to communicating Um, Do you find that it's really easy for you to communicate or do you find that you have challenges communicating? Um, How are you when it comes to communicating your emotions? I have learned how to do that well. Um, When I... And I still kind of ride this wave. I'm, I I have a lot of heightened emotion. And... um, when it's come to men, I've especially had difficulty communicating. Um, and same with, with, I think, you know, women who have um, upset me in some way emotionally, I have a hard time. I kind of have to ride my waves of emotion and it can take a long time. And so um, I don't always communicate until I'm clear. And that's what I've come to is that I used to shut down, but now I, I kind of let the wave ride and, and it leads me to clarity. So then I'm able to communicate, even though sometimes I feel, um, fearful in my body. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And, um, do you find that you have this desire to like, just like, you need to have a lot of intellectual stimulation? Yes and no. Um, if I'm not interested in it, then I don't want to be bothered. But if it's something that I'm interested in, then yes. Perfect. All 
right. Well, I hope you're interested in the category of money. Um, I guess your interest level in money will be telling, but just um, what are your thoughts on it? Is it, how does it come into your life or leave your life? Um, what are your thoughts on money? Keywords for the photographer's money. Lacking discipline around money. Money goes out as fast as it comes in. Keywords for the social worker's money. Financially independent, but may carry a wound around money. Themes of unexpected loans, taxes, or inheritances. I've always had enough. And I've also struggled. And um, I feel like I've been able to develop a sense of trust that I'm always going to have what I need because that's been my experience. However, in this phase of my life, I'm really wanting to develop more stability. And um, I've been challenged with health issues. And so my ability to be able to work and my energy level has stifled my ability to be able to work. So, um, it's been, it's been really hard, um, financially in that sense. And yet I'm still okay. So, um, I would welcome more. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be comfortable. I don't want to have to panic when emergencies happen. That is my desire. Yep. That's a very relatable level. We would welcome t- more too if anybody wants to visit our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. And support this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, astrologers, anything else there? Um, not yet. That was really informative. Okay. <laughs> uh, romantic partners. If you're married, describe them. If not, describe the longest relationship um, and kind of that person. Keywords for the photographer's romantic partner. Delays in meeting partner or age gap. Larger than life personality. Loyal, authority figure, similar to father. Keywords for the social worker's romantic partner. Conventionally beautiful, social butterfly, artistic, combative, power struggles. I am not currently married. I have been married and divorced twice. Um, My longest relationship was with my second husband. We were together about six and a half years. We weren't married that long. Um, He was Croatian and we met in Croatia and we had a long distance relationship for some years. And um, I would be there for three to five months each year. And um, the day we got married, and we signed the papers, I saw him abandon me. Like I saw his, his, his whole, like I saw the look on his face and in his eyes. And, um, he had a pretty traumatic history because of the war and because of his parents' relationships. And he had a really difficult time with authority. And, um, I think that he thought that, marriage was going to mean that we were going to sit on the couch and get fat and watch TV and never have any adventures. And, and that would be that for the rest of our lives. And that was not who I was or something that I was interested in, but, um, he also wasn't willing to face 
the issues that he had, which were really deep. Um, and, um, he didn't believe in therapy and he didn't believe in getting help. And it, it's basically more or less what brought us down. In addition, um, he was a porn addict. So that was also, um, that was also very challenging for me. Yeah. So not just staying home watching TV, but staying home watching all sorts of stuff. Well, without me. Yeah. <laughs> also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that was a part of himself that um, he, he held on to. <clears throat> and what was it about him initially that drew you to him? Um, he was funny and charming and, um, very tall, dark, handsome, but also not like too handsome, um, had some quirkiness about him. Um, we had a lot of fun together and, and we laughed a lot and, and we really enjoyed food together and we enjoyed, um, being by the seaside and, um, Yeah, I'd say that's, those are the big points. And did you say you you met him while you were traveling for work? Yes. Um, (laughs) One summer, I kind of picked up and went to Croatia. And um, I had intended to travel all around, but I had a place to stay in Croatia and I ended up meeting somebody who, um, and I had my costumes. I mean, I wasn't there for work actually. I was just there for fun and let's see what happens. And, um, I met someone who had me do a performance in the old city in Dubrovnik. And then from there on out, I had work. I had, um, a job at a a jazz bar. And anytime I showed up, I could get paid to dance with the musicians. Um, And there were no like restrictions. It wasn't that I had to be there and wasn't that I had nights up off. When I came, I got to to work um, and ended up with a manager and touring with another band. But I met him during that time when I um, I moved out of the place that I was staying because I didn't want to overstay my welcome. And I moved into an old hospital building, which was an artist studio. And um, there were also music studios there. And I met him in that, on that, like in that facility. Very cool. Very cool. And can you talk about these same points with your first husband? So my first husband was 21 years older than me, um, and he was my uh, teacher in college, uh, jazz theory, jazz ensemble, and my private bass teacher. Um, I think I was probably working father father issues out with him, Um, and... In hindsight, you know, I look back and I think, what was I thinking? And then I think, what was he thinking? And um, it it, it wasn't a very good match. Um, I guess maybe it was that that 
being loved by an older man that was fulfilling something that I needed. Um, I didn't, I don't really even recall what we had in common other than the music thread, which when I graduated, I actually stopped playing music altogether. Um, so he ended up being very jealous of me and, and friends and like even going for a walk in the park with a girlfriend and her dog. And he, he did want to sit on the couch and eat cookies and chips and watch TV and never travel. And I felt really trapped. Um, and, um, yeah, so it didn't last very long. It lasted about 13 months of marriage. Okay. And, um, when you said he didn't like when you, he, he would get jealous when you would go out with other people. Was he attempting to control you because of that? Probably on some level, to be honest. Um, I think I blocked some of it out. I don't really remember how it was fully. Um, I'm good at that. <laughs> okay. Um, moving uh, on. Oh. There is, there is a point. I almost didn't marry him and, um, he locked himself. This is a manipulative move. And he locked himself in the bathroom with a knife and was threatening to kill himself. And I felt obligated, um, to make sure that he was safe. And so I went through with the, with marrying him. Oh, like wow. I, I knew before we were married, but that was, that was a moment of, of big control, I would say. Okay. Wow. A lot of learning moments that we hear on this podcast and listeners, if your fiance does something like that to manipulate them, manipulate you into marriage, big red flag. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> lots of learning, lots of learning for sure. Nobody's expected to have it figured out at 21, even at, <laughs> in my forties. It's like, wait, how does this work? <laughs> um, childhood experience, um, going back in time. How was it? Keywords for the photographer's childhood experience, black sheep, themes of athletics, rebellion, intellectual pursuits and debates, wounding connected to security and stability. Keywords for the social worker's childhood experience. Grew up fast, dealing with crisis, taking initiative, may have had a difficult birth. So I don't remember a lot about my childhood. I don't even remember much before I was six years old. Um, I have been told by um, psychic readers that I was really engaged with um with basically people who like spirits at that time and ancestors. Um, and I don't know, my memory for certain things is really strong, but my memory of childhood is, is just not all that memorable. However, um, I know that I had my needs taken care of. I, um, I didn't love school. Um, my dad and I around the age of 13 started to not get along very well. Um, 
I was more of a rebel and I didn't like school because I didn't feel like they knew how to teach me. Um, they didn't, I, I didn't feel like things were adapted for my brain. <laughs> and so, um, I knew that I was smart on one hand, but I didn't really care because it didn't seem like teachers cared all that much. Um, I was bullied a bit when I entered high school and, and that kind of made me hate everybody. And, um, and so I had a pretty hard image. So I was kind of punk rock and it was definitely a protective, um, wall to keep me safe from being hurt. And people were afraid of me. And then they were surprised when they would get to know me because I was actually a kind person. Um, my sister and I had, we didn't get along that well growing up. Um, she also was pretty physically abusive to me. Um, and there was a point in which that changed also. Um, I had a very close friend group and um, I'm still connected to those people. Did they roll in the punk rock crowd or were they the ones who like were brave enough to walk up and talk to you and find out that you were a gentle person who was kind? They rolled in the punk rock crowd. We all kind of rolled into it together. And were they super nice too with the hard exterior? Um, we were all different in our own ways. One of the women who was a girl at the time who became my friend, um, was really mean to me at one point in time. Like she wasn't very nice. Sometimes she, she knew how to be really cruel and, um, she apologized and, and it helped us get closer. Um, and, and one of the other, uh, women who is one of my closest friends still today, she actually, um, it was in middle school. I got bullied by some girls and they thrown my stuff all over the locker room and, and I was sitting there crying and she came up to me and, and, um, soothed me and helped me gather my things and has been one of my best friends ever since. Aww. That's a wonderful beginning of a friendship story. <laughs> um, you kind of mentioned a little bit about your parents, but can we go a little more in detail and start with your mom? Keywords for the photographer's mother. Intellectual, playful, brave, combative, inconsistent, unreliable, busy. Keywords for the social worker's mother. Spiritual, sensitive, and deeply caring. Absent mental health, and substance abuse issues. Uh, my mom and I are pretty close, and um, she and I are a lot alike in a lot of ways. Um, my dad thought that all of my choices were to um, make him angry, and my mom thought that I was just being me, so she stood up for me, and and that caused, caused conflict in my family. Um, 
I mean, the thing that my parents fought about most was me. And he didn't like that she was on my side. Um, and she didn't think he treated me very well. So um, she's always been really supportive. And um, she's also had her stricter moments, but um, she's always been kind of one of my cheerleaders. Dude. And then you're, oh, go ahead. Um, what's your relationship with her like now or then? Like, do you guys um, fight? Did you fight a lot, even though she was your biggest cheerleader? And it seems like you have a close relationship with her, but did you also fight a lot? I'm sure there were moments, but I didn't, I don't recall fighting with her so much as with my, with my dad. Um, and now we talk every day, sometimes multiple times a week, uh, day. Um, we go for walks often. We have dinner together at least once a week. Um, she's definitely one of my closest people. And I don't know that she always agrees with what I do or, or who I am. I'm mean, not who I am per se, but just with the choices that I make, but she's still supportive okay. and kind of stays in her own lane. And can you talk about like who she is as an individual and what she does for a living? Uh, she's kind of like the superwoman. Um, she gets up at four 30 in the morning and goes to the gym for two hours and then still comes home and walks her dog. Uh, she's always been the one to take care of the house and, um, the meals and she's a good cook. Um, when I was growing up, um, she did a lot of volunteer work and then at some point she went back to school and she became a dietitian and she was a dietitian for I think 25 years and she was a diabetes educator and um, she's now retired. Um, she's always been one of those people who can just like get things done. So she was very, um, like, busy, would you say? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She'd be up till midnight studying. Wow. And, and get up again at 4.30 and do it all over again. And still, you know, make sure all of us had breakfast and and lunch and dinner. Wow. And, and how many siblings did you have? Was it just a sister or? I have one sister who's younger. Okay. And your dad, can you speak a little bit about him? Key words for the photographer's father. Stern, authoritative, controlling, cold, serious, reserved, significant challenges. Key words for the social worker's father. Analytical, hardworking, perfectionist, confusion in relationship, possible substance abuse. My dad is a lawyer. He is very intellectual. He is, um, he's always been kind of the smartest guy in the room, but not necessarily needs everyone to know that. But that's what people say about him. Like, I've never met anyone smarter than your dad. He was very athletic when he was younger. 
he played all the sports and um, was recognized for that. Um, he also studied math and business, and he was a corporate lawyer. Um, he has, I don't know, my, my point of view on him has changed. Like, I, I feel like I used to think that he saw things very black and white. And, and I don't know that that's actually the case. That might have been my perspective more when I was younger. I think maybe he's expanded some as well. Um, although he still kind of needs proof. He, 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 he doesn't really get what I do but he's experienced it now. And, um, and I, I think he believes that it's valid, um, even though he doesn't get it. Um, he's also really funny. Like he, he loves, um, he, he's great at memorizing facts and, and um, cowboy poetry or quotes. And, and he's a great storyteller and um, he's very calm and he tends to be neutral. So even though he and I don't have similar political beliefs, I will talk to him about politics because he can explain things to me and help me understand them and still be okay if I choose something different than he might. So he's good in that way. He's got a, he's got kind of a calm balance to him. And when he was younger, the way that he would talk to me enraged me. And now I understand that he'd have a yellow legal notepad and have all his points on the paper. And it just made me so angry. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, I totally get that. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> Mine is a yellow legal pad. <laughs> That's funny. Is there anything that we can learn from those conversations uh, in this country today when we're discussing hot button issues? Oh, I mean, I what what is your take? I mean, <laughs> is there a general takeaway? Is it that he's respecting, respectful of your opposing opinion, or he's curious? You're both curious, or what is it? He's respectful. He's definitely respectful, and um, I think he's also open to. Um, different opinions. Um, he doesn't, the emotion isn't in it for him. He's, he's open to different perspectives. And I think he's even open to having his mind changed, but he's not going to be easily swayed perhaps, but definitely there's that element of respect. Yeah. I think sometimes when we get into debates, it's the expectation that the other person has to change their mind at the end of this conversation yeah. <laughs> that gets everyone into trouble. Cause then you're like, well, why, why aren't they? You know, I think the whole um, rule that we don't talk politics or religion at dinner has made us incapable of being able to have those conversations with differing opinion, people of differing opinions. And I think that's dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, we need to learn how to have those difficult conversations, not just ignore them. Yeah. The fact that they're difficult should mean that you need to spend more time thinking about those. Definitely. Um, oh, there was something I was curious about. You mentioned your sister was kind of, you know, at a younger age, a little more of a bullier. And you and your mom were very close. And they almost, your mom and dad kind of had a little bit of a difference on how close that relationship was. Was your sister more of like on your dad's side? Yes. What was that relationship for them like? 
my dad always wanted a boy and my sister didn't come out a boy and my mom didn't want more kids. And so my sister was the one who played sports. Um, I was always in the arts. Um, my dad and my sister were very connected through sports, but also my sister is a financial advisor. So like she's been the quote unquote successful one. Um, she's the one who makes money. She's the one who's into numbers. And I think the two of them can really relate because of that. And even though my parents differed um, in opinions about me, they had a very close relationship. Are so your parents they, still yes, together? They're still together. Okay. Yeah. They're still together. Like they showed their affection for one another. There were sparks. <laughs> and I don't mean that in an inappropriate way. Just um, like they had, they had that love and connection. Because they're able to have difficult conversations in part? I don't know the inner workings. <laughs> <laughs> we need them to come on next. <laughs> um, our last topic is on health. And you kind of mentioned that there, was an, there were some health issues. Uh, do you, can you describe, you know, in whatever detail you're comfortable, but just um, the topic of health, what, what comes to mind? Keywords for the photographer's health, mental anxiety and confusion, may have minor issues with reproductive organs, stomach, or breasts. Keywords for the social worker's health, general weakness, prone to colds and allergies, issues with digestion, gut health, and intestines. So I've been recovering from long COVID since November 2020, and I'm just kind of finally getting to a place where I'm doing better. And, and I've had a lot of um, severe cognitive issues. I went and saw a neurologist and they couldn't help me. Um, I've had a lot of fatigue. Um, COVID also brought on gut issues and um, more pain, but I've always been someone who's had a lot of physical pain. Um, I'm hypermobile and there's instability in the joints and I think inflammation and, um, and, also, my, my, this is my belief and you might be on board with it or not, but I believe that I came into this life to really um, uh, move a lot of old karma. And so one of the ways I process that is through my body. And so I'm often physically uncomfortable. Um, I had PCOS when I was younger and that was cured, I believe, with Chinese medicine, acupuncture and herbs. Um, and I you, was also, I'm sorry, what ahead. is, what is PCOS? Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay. And so, um, it, it can create hair loss and acne and, um, troubles with your, your cortisol levels. Um, and I worked with, when I studied Chinese medicine, I worked with some of my teachers and also students in the clinic and getting really aggressive therapy for a couple of years. And, um, it helped a lot. And in my younger years, I had a lot of sinus issues and I've had like four or five sinus surgeries, um, in my younger years. So I got sick a lot. Okay. Oh, um, 
when you got sick a lot, are you saying like colds and things? Like strep throat and sinus infections. Okay. Any other questions, astrologers? Um, yeah, I just had a couple of quick questions. Um, do you read? And if so, what type of books? My ability to process like eyes to brain has shifted with the long COVID um, and, and also just having eye issues. Um, I listen to audiobooks a lot um, and podcasts, and I tend to listen more in the realm of um, uh, self-help and reading about trauma, or um, I do follow some astrology podcasts um, and, and human design. And um, I really love This American Life and Radio Lab. <laughs> so I like stories. Um, and, and, and I like to listen to things of that neat nature from a story perspective, from a personal perspective, because I really like to learn more about people and how I can better help people. Um, and I guess, yeah, I think that's the main question I wanted to ask. How about any, you, Lauren, get any questions? Um, I guess one last question I'll ask is, did you ever feel really like creatively restricted in your younger years or had trouble with expressing yourself creatively? Or did you find your childhood was like fun and enjoyable or was it did it feel really restrictive? I'd say that I felt more restrictive. Um, I, I don't know that I felt permission to be my creative self. And, and I don't think I understood that at the time. I'm sorry if you mentioned this before, but what kinds of activities did you do when you were a child? Like, I'm talking like, you know, eight to 12 years old. I tried just about everything. I mean, dance was a consistent. I started when I was three and, and I, I danced for a large portion of my life. Um, I took piano lessons and flute lessons and um, I was on the swim team at one point and I played tennis, which I didn't care for much. Um, I they had me in soccer at some point, which I wasn't, I was doing cartwheels at the goal and playing with my hair rather than being a goalie. <laughs> um, so I, I tried things, but dance was really the, the one that stuck. Was that you wanting to try things or were your parents saying you got to try some stuff or both? They, they both, I think it was both. I mean, I liked the dance and actually, um, because of my grades, I had to stop dancing in high school, which also made me mad. And I was a skier, so I was on the ski team, and I quit skiing because I was mad that I had to quit dance. Wait, because of school, you had to stop dancing? That's This sounds like a footloose situation. Like, how do you stop a kid from dancing? My grades weren't where my dad wanted them to be. And he approved of the skiing, but he thought that I needed to um, focus more on, on school. So. so just no dance classes, but you were still free to dance. 
Right. Oh, yes. I was free to dance, <laughs> but no more dance classes. And But I don't know that I did dance um, for a while. I stopped for a couple of years. Sarah and I grew up in, uh, well, t- spent some years in Texas and uh, Baylor University in Waco famously, just when we were in school, lifted their ban on dancing at their formal gatherings or whatever. They would have these parties, quote unquote parties. We're dancing between men and women, especially. I don't know. I guess maybe dancing on your own was okay. But I always thought that was so funny that they literally said, no, no dancing. That's definitely a footloose situation. (laughs) (laughs) But we were down in University of Texas dancing the way. I don't know that we ever did. Did we? (laughs) We danced a little bit. Never very well. Me? Uh, I did not. (laughs) No, I tried. (laughs) Lauren, did you dance much? I did try and I danced until like the age of, I think it was very early years, like so nine or 10. I was not very good at it. I gave up. I started things and gave up things very quick. Very oh, often. <laughs> me, too, me too. Me too. I did do actually ballet when I was a child, but um, um, yeah, after that, not much more more video games <laughs> what I focused on. <laughs> well, astrologers, do you have enough information to be able to pick the chart that belongs to I Susan? Feel, I think so. How about you, Lauren? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, our next step is Susan, we're going to put you out in the waiting room and these two are going to talk it over, see if they're on the same page. If they're not, Oh boy. <laughs> Scott loves when that happens. <laughs> then the fun really begins. Um, all right, but um, you've got like five or ten minutes to do with what you want. Do with right. it what you want. Anyway, um, so we'll see you back here in a bit. That's okay. good. Okay, astrologers, we've had our interview. We've had some fun times with Susan. Where are we leaning? Well, dun, dun, okay. dun, dun, dun. just to just to uh, kind of set the stage. So when uh, Lauren and I met yesterday, just based on like the intake forum and all that stuff, um, I initially felt like uh, we were going to be talking to the social worker. Um, but after talking with Lauren, um, we kind of left things thinking, OK, I think we're going to be talking to the photographer tomorrow. And for me personally, I feel like that has held up. I feel like her story fits so nicely with the photographer's chart. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's always going to be a couple of things. Either or, but but I feel very heavily on the photography as well, the photographer as well. Good. I'm so at ease knowing that we're in alignment. <laughs> even if we're wrong, like I always get a sense of stress when I find out that I'm not on the same page as the other. No, uh, I always say listen to my gut instinct. And I have thought it was this, the photographer since initial. So I'm like, just going to go on that. Okay. After talking, like I wrote down all these notes. I'm like, I can just see it so perfectly in the chart. If it's not I don't know. It's going to be like, wow, Scott, you picked a good chart to really align then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, if she turns out to be the social worker, I can already hear 
the connections being made of like, well, she's doing a lot of homeopathic and like spiritual healing practices for people. She wants to be able to learn about people so she can help them. But of course, signs are still pointing towards the photographer. But that's what I'm going to hear in the debrief if you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can I, for, I'm yeah. forecasting that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Locking it huh? in. Locking in my answer. Well, okay. We're going to talk it over just a little bit, I think. Okay. Well, oh, yeah, without Scott, right? Yeah. Does it have to be? Well, usually if you guys are in agreement and already decided, but all right, I'll give you all a couple minutes. Yeah. Just okay. to go over things. Have fun. Okay. Well, um, yeah, the it it is kind of annoying that the social workers chart does have a Pisces moon because a lot of the themes that she was talking about, I could see, you know, she mentioned like, uh, I feel like she said something about like maybe in her younger days drinking too much. And she talked to not that all those Pisces. fifth house placements though. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. And just you like know? Pisces energy can be a lot of like the um, spiritual stuff and dancing. However, yeah. Second house ruled by Pisces. Second house ruled by Pisces. We've got Neptune on the midheaven for the photographer's mm-hmm. chart. And that's what you pointed out to me yesterday that really um, caught my eye. And oh, so, yeah. you Honesty know, just, with friends, leader and friendships, that's very sad energy. Sad ruling over her 11th house of friends. Yes. You know, the, the need for freedom. Um, the one thing I had in the keywords is I said the husband is something. I, uh, first of all, I said that there would be an age difference. Mm-hmm. It was Saturn conjunct the sun in you know Saturn can be uh, age differences. It can be very authoritative. And since the son is there too, this is also describing the father's energy. And the father is someone that she described as like, you know, someone of respect, you know, respect in the community, yeah. smartest person in the room, a, an authoritative figure. Mm-hmm. And she talked about like playing out those father issues with the first husband. So mm-hmm. that jumped out at me. And also, you know, Leo, uh, Leos are really um, connected to their hair. And with Saturn, they're creating ch- challenges her having the hair loss issue stood mm-hmm. out to me as well mm-hmm. yeah um, and for her relationship she mentioned that she likes to have that she had a lot of fun with her partner for a while and you know she talked of humor a lot which yes. kind of reminded me of leo energy in the yes. seventh house and what was also interesting was how she mentioned with her sibling being kind of like intense and aggressive or whatever and Aries being in her third house yes siblings yes and that uh, that stood out to me too and the ruler of that being in the fifth house of sports and stuff mm-hmm. and um and then just growing up having you know doing sports and all these different things it's funny because I'm an Aquarius rising and I connected with several things that she said um mm-hmm. just Both the fact that, health like health issues as yeah well. Yeah. And like, you know, Saturn rule people because Saturn rules Aquarius have joint issues or I mean, at least I did. She talked about long COVID, too, which blew my mind because I know another Aquarius rising that is uh, got long COVID from, uh, you know, and has been dealing with that. I fortunately, a lot of Aquarius risings I know have worked in the, the restaurant industry. 
And oh, some, really? Okay. Yeah. And yeah, because I have another friend who was like a server, bartender, all these things. She's Aquarius rising. Yeah, me too. And, um, you know, having Uranus in the 10th house can be, I mean, I have that too. And it's like doing a lot of different things, a lot of career changes. So and things she, online. And what? Things online. Oh, yeah. Did she say something about she mentioned on- that she did like online, um, like services or whatnot? She talked to people like via online before. Okay, I guess I missed it. I was trying to write down just about everything she said, uh, but I I did want to ask her if she was tech savvy, but I was already getting like the Aquarius yeah, rising yeah. vibes. I mean, just with the needing the freedom, uh, just having so many fixed placements. Yeah. And, and helping people go through transformation and thinking as well with her Mercury being in Virgo in the eighth house. Also, yeah. Yeah. then having Scorpio in her 10th house. I mean... Yeah, that just yeah. Whereas you know the the social worker, they've got their sun and moon in mutable signs, and then they're rising and chart ruler in cardinal signs, and so that's not as much fixed energy, which I was sensing more fixed energy from her. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we we could go on and on. I yeah I about mean, all the little things. <laughs> yeah. There's but, the, but, yeah, the details just really added up. And so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm comfortable with this one. Of course, I, I always confident. get nervous. But, I know. I feel confident. Uh, I feel confident. Um, yeah. Okay. Boy, we should start probably just going to commercial break. <laughs> so, because there's nothing that I really have to ask you. We're still in agreement? Yeah. Yeah, we really are. Um, okay. Well, okay, everybody. We're going to uh, come right back and... Uh, see if our guest is in agreement and uh, if everybody got it right or got it wrong. And then we'll either be all super excited or super sad. (laughs) Okay. Right after this. Welcome back, everybody. The astrologers have talked it out. They're still on the same page in which one they're leaning towards, but I'll bet you guys are all wondering which one does our guest think she is? So, Susan has looked over the photographer and the social worker and all the keywords that you've been listening to throughout the episode. Um, she's been reading through them. Susan, do you uh, do you feel more connected to one or the other? You know, there's. I guess maybe if I'm more connected to one, it would be the photographer. However, there are aspects of the social worker that also resonate. Okay, so leaning photographer. What percentage would we say we're leaning? I'm not a, it's not 100% photographer. Where are we at? Um, I guess maybe more like around 70% photographer. All right. 70 is the magic number. The last three guests, including you, have chosen 70. <laughs> it's like, it's not completely me, but it's a little bit in this direction. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you have chosen the photographer. And, well, and can I just ask what aspects of the social worker stuck out to you? Um, I guess the, the health and human service aspect and animals um, may appear athletic, accident prone. Um, uh, what else? unyielding anger towards injustice like that very strongly resonates um (laughs) 
also the financial aspects on the social worker side, but also the both sides resonate for me, um, kind of equally 50, 50. Okay. Um, and yeah, I guess the health aspect, both, both sides could could, like, I guess more towards the social worker side in regards to the health aspect. But there are points on the health side for the photographer that also resonate. All right. Okay. Pre-COVID, were you a photographer? And post-COVID, are you social worker? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> that thing, that we're sure of. That was wrong. That I'm sure of, yeah. 100% wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, well, astrology oh, goes ahead, Sarah. It looks oh, like you have a. I was just gonna say, I just thought of a question popped in my head. What did you want to be when you grew up? Was it a dancer or something else? I think I wanted to be lots of different things, but dancer was a big part of that. Okay, it wasn't photographer or social worker. <laughs> <laughs> I went to school to study theater. Okay, initially, but I ended up with a music degree. Okay, that's interesting. Okay. All right. Um, well, astrologers, which one were you leaning towards? Well, we are in agreement that it's the photographer. Yeah. Okay. So now is the big magical moment when we see if everybody is right, if it is the photographer or not. Um, let's see, I didn't write down what the two signs were, the two sun signs, but. Yeah, we have a Virgo and a Leo. We were choosing between a Virgo and a Leo. Okay, good. She's nodding. One of those is correct. If I ever mess up <laughs> the charts and I send you the wrong ones and our guest is like, but I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> okay. Um, Sarah, do you want to do the honors and see? Yeah. Uh, uh, gosh, I get so nervous. Even, even when I feel confident, I get nervous. Okay. That's because it's excitement <laughs> and the audience can feel the nerves and they can't tune out. My adrenaline, everything. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Susan, are you a Leo? No. Well, it's actually extremely shocking. I am shocked. shocked. <laughs> like the other chart that you picked, Scott, was so spot on with everything she was saying. It's insane. Oh, what was the chart? I'm curious. That was good. You had Neptune on your um, on your midheaven, and just all these signs um, that pointed towards like creativity. And... Yeah the the other chart was a Leo Sun with a Gemini Moon and an Aquarius rising. And we're gonna we're but gonna then break. As soon as she said the she's very strong about social justice and whatnot. Then I, I started being like, oh great, we should have asked that question beforehand because that threw everything off. Yeah, and uh, well, we're going to break all of this down okay. in the debrief. Right. Um, <laughs> Susan, are you able to st stay afterwards a little bit? We do a little bonus episode for not too long. Um, but I can before, stay. awesome. Before we wrap up here, is there any place that people can find you if you wanted them to find you for any sort of uh, projects that you're working on or any causes? Um, any place you want to send listeners to? Uh, Facebook and Instagram, Susan Frankovich and susanfrankovich.com. But there's not a lot happening at on my website currently, but it's one way to find me. And how do you spell your last name? 
It's F-R-A-N-K-O-V as in Victor, I-C-H, and S-U-S-A-N. If anything, being a guest on this show motivates everybody to get their website together. Just mm-hmm. last week, we had David, and and if he, if he wants listeners to find him, he's going to have to get a website together. You have a website, but you're just saying it's not. I as have updated. one. It's just not. It doesn't have a whole lot of information. All right. And, well, and you could be Lauren, mysterious that way. And Lauren, where can people find you? Oh, yes. Um, so on Instagram, I'm Duclos, E-L-L-D-U-C-L-O-S. I have a podcast called Thoughts That Manifest, where I talk about personal growth, inner child healing, and astrology. So, yeah. Great. All right. And what did we learn today, everybody, to um, express ourselves through <laughs> bodily movement and dance? <laughs> yes. All right. Good. That's what I'm going to be taking from it. And- <laughs> And that's it, everybody. Let us know what you thought by commenting on whatever platform you follow us on. Links to our accounts are in the show notes. If you like the show and want to support it, you can visit patreon.com slash astrodetectives. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can do that right now. Just pause, subscribe, and then finish listening to me read this. So you don't miss the next episode. Rate and review and tell your friends. And until next week, this case is closed.